Vanessa Cassani. And we are The Meadow Report. So what we try to do is to bring to you, our listener, a modern take on the tribal method of communication where women would go out into the meadow and find their resources and bring it back to the tribe. And they always had a little story to share with whatever it is that they brought back. Go here, or they shared the information, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what we want to do. So we want to bring to you, our listener, the cool things that we run into in our lives and share it with you. Yes, and we have a variety of guests that come to the podcast. Every week we have a guest. So recently we've interviewed um, Georgie Holbrook. She's a healer. And Ana Rojas Bastidas, who just opened up a swimsuit line. And then today we just finished a recording with... Victoria Garcia. She's a, a photographer. That's what the Metal Report is. So listen to us. Yeah, and like and share and subscribe. Welcome, I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. I'm Vanessa Cassani. And today we are here with a friend of mine, and um, I wanted to reach out to you. You asked me, you did, um, when I first reached out uh-huh. to you, you said, why do you want me on there? And I'm going to tell you why. This woman, whenever I get on any social media, it doesn't matter which one it is, you are everywhere. Everything that I am doing, you are in it. Does this mean I don't have a life? No. Okay. <laughs> it you do have a life, and you're all over the same thing that I am. So... This is Paula Murphy. So Paula is, I met you, I don't even know how long you've been, it's like Phyllis Bailey. You've been in my life <laughs> since I started at the Chronicle. You know, you're just this, this one yes. of the PR people that are all, that has always been there. It's you, um, Sarah Gish, do you know Sarah? Uh-huh. Phyllis Bailey, and there's uh, Susan Park, mm-hmm. have always been a, par- mm-hmm. a staple at the Chronicle. As far, so you, your real title is, PR agent, right? Yeah. Is that what um, you call yourself? I'm, or specialist? Yeah. I'm, I just call myself a publicist. Okay. Um, I uh, am with Patterson and Murphy Public Relations, and the company has been called that for probably um, since about 2000. Um, previous to that, it had a different name, but that's when I became a, a partner at uh-huh. that agency. So. So yeah. and in you are you got your little paws in everything. You're like <laughs> all over the city. You know Houston probably better than anybody else that I know, and um, you know you have a really good pulse on the food part of it. And yeah. uh, we were just talking earlier. Mm. So um, Paula brought the turkey to I think it was two mm. two um, photo shoots that that I participated in. Um, for the food section yeah. mm-hmm. at the Chronicle. And um, so tell us who some of your clients are right now. Um, so, uh, and one thing I want to say is I'm, I feel very lucky and I want to knock on wood because, you know, it, you know PR, working with publicists and all that. Sometimes you have, you work on a project, sometimes it's a short-term client and sometimes it's a long-term client. And mm-hmm. um, I feel very fortunate that I have several clients that are long-term. Um, one client that I think most people would know is uh, Chef Hugo Ortega and his wife Tracy Vaught and um, they have been clients since I started the job that I'm at I started as a summer intern Mm. And it's the oh only job God, really? that, I've, wow. that I've ever had. Um, well, congratulations. Thank That's you. huge. Uh, yeah. Huge or lazy or I don't know what you call it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Um, but they have been a client. Uh, they had re- signed on with the agency when I started, uh, not long before that. And I started in the summer of 91. So it's 28 years wow. that they've been my client. So 
I, I literally feel like I have grown up with them and they've grown up with me. Um, I Hugo was still in culinary school, about to graduate when I started that summer. And so we sometimes laugh. It's like, oh my gosh, we have grown up grown in our up respective together. Um, together. jobs yeah. together. So anyway, and it's been a, a blessing and a joy and all that to... Uh, I want to tear up saying it, but uh, telling his story and feeling like, you know, maybe I had a little bit to do with that success or that story. So that's kind of that success. And I love that story, too, because Di wrote when he opened Hugo's and her and I are really close. And so she shared so much of it. So he came from Mexico and he was Mm -hmm. a dishwasher and Mm -hmm. a busboy in a restaurant and then learned that this is what he wanted to do. Yeah. Went to culinary school and opened Hugo's on Westheimer. Wow. Like, that's like the short version. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The very so much, condensed version. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's one of my clients. Uh, another long-term client of mine that I'm, I'm proud of the work that I do and that they do is the Houston Food Bank. Um, and I have worked with them for about 17 years, 18 years. So that's another kind of, it's almost unheard of. But either way, I, I feel fortunate. So those are probably two of the, the longest-term clients. Kenny and Ziggy's uh, New York Delicatessen is another client, probably been about nine or ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, so do y'all specialize in people with in the food space? In, yes. So when I started, as I mentioned, I started as a summer intern. Um, and I uh, this is back in the old days before the Internet, uh, before podcasts and blogs. But um, I uh, um, was going to school at the University of Houston and I was paying for my own school and there was no way I was going longer than four years I was gonna be out yeah um and so I went to the school to see if they would help me get an internship and they would only place seniors um and I was a sophomore so I thought I'm gonna figure out what this job is my aunt was the one who said you know you ought to do PR Number one, I had no idea what the job was. I went to the library and looked it up. <laughs> and then when I wanted to like do it. Like in a book? Like, yes. <laughs> and so then I um, I went and I uh, wa- thought, I'm going to get an internship. And I pulled out the yellow pages, if anybody out there in the world remember. remembers that. Uh-huh. Um, and I just started calling down. And I, you know, we don't hire. We've already hired. You're not a senior. We only hire from X school, whatever. Um, so I put it away. And a few days later, I said, I'm going to call five places, and I'm just going to see. And I got uh, an interview at the first two places I called. And the first place, the first interview I went to, that's where I took the job, and that's the job that I've always had. Mm -hmm. And it was two women, Tessie Patterson and Pam Blanton. Uh, In the 80s, we'd had a magazine here called Houston Home and Garden, and Tessie had been the food and entertaining editor. I remember that magazine. Yeah. So when she left there and she, you know, decided to leave the magazine and said, you know, I'm going to try my hand at PR. And she just started getting calls from people in the food world because that's who she had worked with. So that's how the specialty came to be for her. Then at some point, Pam Blanton came in and worked with her, and she had worked for like Four Seasons Hotel. So she had more hospitality. Tessie had the the, the food, restaurants, and all of that. And so it was kind of a great ma- uh, match for the two of them. And there was one other girl working there full-time, and then I came as the summer intern. Uh, and I'm like, you know, the house guest <laughs> that you can't get rid of because I'm still there. And none of them are there. I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm less person standing now but so it's always been food restaurants hospitality I mean we've done everything from dude ranches to uh polo you know invitationals and all that but the 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 nugget of the work has always been food food. or restaurants Mm -hmm. uh chefs 
That's so awesome. tell us how, you know, I mean, you and I are both in industries mm-hmm. that drastically change oh my, yes. over the years. So tell us a little bit about that change. Like, I'm sure when you started, you were uh, primarily seeking print yes. and probably TV and yes. radio. Yes. I mean, those, those were the things that you did, you know. And I mean, at that time, and you think about chefs and all that, I mean, the, when I started, there was not... Maybe there was cable, but not to the extent of the number of stations. And there was no food network and there was no food reality mm. TV. Yes, I mean, it was it was about getting a, a restaurant review always key for the Houston Chronicle. I mean, landing a table hopping, if you will remember that. I or, do. <laughs> Alan Truex. Uh, well, uh, and Criswell and even before Criswell, that. Uh-huh. You know, so in the Sunday paper, which is... I think still the biggest red paper in Texas, the Sunday Houston Chronicle. If you got in this Texas magazine that was in there and, and the table hopping, which was once a month, I mean, that was like high fives oh, yeah. all around. I mean, uh-huh. it was, that was, you wanted that. And yeah. that, that was a huge placement. In fact, you better be ready for it. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I was just going to say. You could call the rep. You would, first of all, you need to call them and say it's coming out on X day, but you could call them the day after it came out and they would tell you, we are flooded with reservations. We are flooded with calls. And that would last, I mean, forever. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. But yeah. yeah. So print was always what you were going for. Yes, TV. But there weren't, weren't even as many opportunities as there are now for TV. Uh-huh. And not really even for radio. And then you didn't have things like podcasts and blogs and all that. So for me, at least in my experience and my job, print was the key thing. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, it was... Obviously, still heavily writing and, you know, press releases and developing press kits. I mean, there is nobody in this world. I must have in a previous life been uh, either like a Rosie the Riveter or worked at, at on the, the uh, pyramids in Egypt because there's nothing I love more than a monotonous task. I mean, if you putting together a press kit, no one could do it faster than me. I, I, I could put those things together in record form. Wow. But that was... That was your thing, and that was your selling tool. But it was printed, and it was mailed. Or it was printed, and it was and delivered. delivered. And and I can remember getting, when we had a fax machine at the office, and when we could fax a, a release, it was like, oh, Lord. I mean, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but if the Chronicle or, say, you know, Esquire magazine always did, does the best new restaurants, and if they would call you and say, we need artwork, you had to overnight them a slide. I mean, yes, it this was a is nothing. Tiny... <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. no, does anybody even deal in slides? I mean, and I'm not a pack rat, but I, I am definitely, we were, t- uh, Elizabeth and I were talking about Christmas earlier, but I'm a kind of a sentimental person in a lot of ways. And, and I'm not a pack rat, but there's certain things I feel like I need to keep. And there's certain things for work I feel like, this is kind of like history. I don't yeah. know. Or like, um, And I've got this, like these drawers of files. And I mean, like I'm talking restaurants, Tony's, Churrasco's. Um, what? Um, I, I can't even think of any others, but clients. Brands. Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. clients that were clients of ours in Maryland decor, who was like the best baker in Houston forever. I mean, and it's like, I get nostalgic and I, but it's amazing to look through our old, company files and there's slides in there and I just have to laugh it's like if you ask a current publicist or marketing person when you send art do you have to overnight a slide they, they first of all ask they you go, what a slide what? was <laughs> yeah because they're probably thinking slideshow uh-huh. on a website like I a mean, deck. Uh-huh. but I just remember that and I remember also getting internet 
for the first time and it was that dial up internet with that awful noise um, and I was writing a website for a local magazine that was kind of our, our client there at work and they gave me the internet so I would be able to put these things on this website and there were only two of us in the office at the time myself and and Tessie Patterson well I would have to ha- I'd have to disconnect so that she could connect and and do whatever and then I'd be saying are you done yet I need to get I mean, we would fight for the internet connection but to be able to get on the internet and email not even a photo because we didn't email photos even in the very beginning but to email somebody some sort of information or to be able to like go on a website and mm-hmm. find a contact name that you could you, yeah. they wouldn't put your email address on there at that time you would just be like oh John Smith is the restaurant reviewer at Bon Appetit. I, that's who I, I mean, it was like, it was mind blowing. Yes. So the access that you have to information and contacts now as a publicist, when you go online, it's, I mean, it, it that alone is a game changer. Um, just the, the ease with which you can send things. It's a blessing, mm-hmm. but the number of outlets and the right. number of things that are happening at all, at all the time, it's, it, it can be hard to manage and it's, it's a little wild and a little crazy, you know, it seems, seems things were a little more manageable, but I don't know. It's a blessing and a curse. You have more potential for placements for your clients, but, um, you know, things change so quickly and names change. Well, and, and you're competing yeah. with a lot more too yeah. because we get so much oh, I more, can't imagine. you know, where there's like the amount of things that mm-hmm. we get is just, you know, they go everything. If you don't, it goes into clutter. Yeah, you know? I I can't imagine on your end what you're getting. I mean, even then when it was all mail, I mean, I you know, that's time consuming. Sitting there mm-hmm. opening, you know, whatever. I can't yeah. imagine. And now to know that you're getting it in your inbox, it it's got to be just as bad. And it's so much easier. And there's no cost to sending an email. I'm sure you're right. getting more yeah. than you were getting then. Right. And there were not as many people that specialize. If I'm if I'm talking about food contacts there were not that many PR people that were reaching out to food contacts so now the number of people has exploded as well so it's a job that's definitely changed and in some ways I feel like um, you know there's the old way is kind of a raft in the river and the new way is a raft and it's kind of next to each other and sometimes I feel like I have my feet on both rafts trying to navigate it and figure it out Mm -hmm. and there's people who do it way more um, modern than I do and uh, there's people who do it way more old school than I do but I feel like the work that I do is a little bit of the two I still find that doing a press release is um, helpful I know that it's helpful for me as far as getting the information it's just that uh, that's the way I learned to do it it's the way I learned to talk to a client find out what was interesting and maybe important and be able to put it in a way that I can easily get it to somebody a reporter a TV person a reviewer so that they can digest it in kind of an understandable mm-hmm. and easy way. And for us, we need them. And we need them yeah. in, a, in a easily a yes. digestible way. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people if you're writing a press release, you know, no more than three paragraphs. Yeah. They're not going to read it, you yeah. know. And, yeah. you, and, you know, make sure you have all the pertinent information yeah. there. And if they ask me, what is that? And I'm just like, mm, you probably need to, <laughs> you need to Well, and so yeah. I still do that. But I, you know, I do social media, you know, for myself, not necessarily for my, for my company, but just as me as an individual. But I do social media for my clients as well. Obviously, there are people who only do social media and they know all the ins and outs and they know the 
tips and the tricks and the whatever. And like I said, I feel like I'm doing a little bit of both. But I haven't abandoned the press release. I know there's people um, uh, probably around my age or a little bit younger, but have no clue, like you said, what a press release is or even understand why it's important. And they think that they are a PR person if they send uh, a restaurant reporter an email and say, you should eat at Joe's. Here's their website and here's the address. I don't know. To me, there's got to be a little more. I still feel like, you know, mm-hmm. I need to help you. There, there's so much information out there. There's now so many restaurants. I mean, we have tens of thousands mm-hmm. just here in Houston. You know, you sometimes need someone to point out, Here's here are the talking points of this restaurant. Here's what makes it stand out. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's a job that has definitely changed in, in a lot of ways. A Do lot. Do you think it's um, less mobile with... Um Social media or... You know, My job? <coughs> yeah. No. I it's think more, it's more mobile. More. Even, not even just social media, uh, just doing media in general, again... I could have my laptop. I mean, before, I mean, yes, you, you would have a computer. If you want to go back even further, before you had a computer, I don't know how you would do it. Maybe you did it over working lunches and whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're really focusing on a city, you really kind of needed to be in that city and face-to-face with these people. I mean, obviously, yeah. the Internet and all that just changed everything. I mean, I, I can be, wouldn't I love to be, sitting on the beach in Hawaii with my laptop, and I can still be sending you my press release. And you don't really know or care. You're getting what you need. I'm fulfilling what my client needs me to do, and I'm checking something off my to-do list. And did it really matter where I was doing it? No. So, no. I mean, you you can be much more mobile, just purely from the computer, but social media as well. I mean, if your job is social media, it it doesn't matter if you're... Right. On horseback somewhere, you know, and can type <laughs> while you're doing it. But um, no, it's it's changed it a lot. Mm-hmm. So you um, you you're you're at the games a lot. I see you at the Astros. Oh, you know you now and again. Yes, <laughs> especially when they're winning. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm their good luck charm. They won when I was there. I'm just putting that out there. Well, then I should have been there. I should. Uh, Jim Crane, if you're listening. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> we'll have to tag him in the... We'll That's right. Yeah. So that he gets that. Yeah. Yes. So when you're, you know, when you're at a game, what do you choose to eat? I mean, do oh you God. or do you not... A hot dog? Oh, what no. I said, it? oh, my God. Oh. I don't know. I'm like everybody else. I'm one of these, you know... It depends on what food mood I'm in, which can change every day, every moment. I mean, people will say, hey, you want to go to lunch next week and where should we go? And I usually say, let's talk the day before or the morning of and see what we want. I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's something important. Um, I, you know, I love a good hot dog. So, yes, I, I do eat a hot dog. Um, what else do I eat? I guess I would say, I, you know, a dog and a beer. It's probably beer. a good thing. Yeah. Your favorite thing. Well, my dad was a dog and a beer kind of person. So, uh-huh. you know, yeah. that's kind of like, okay, little nostalgia little thing, thing, too. Yeah. Nachos aren't bad. <laughs> Notice I haven't said salad. I don't know. But, yeah. Oh, well, who goes to the ballpark and gets yeah. a salad? Well, you know? I've seen people do it, and I usually look at them. I didn't even know they had salad. Oh, they do. They're really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, her and I are both vegan, but I wouldn't oh, eat a no. salad. No, I would I not eat a salad. salad no. God. Oh, you set me up. <laughs> you should have told me the vegan thing before I started talking about only, only meat. No, but, but no, no, no. No, no. No, it's fine. Okay, so what's the... You know the go-to place if you have somebody uh, from that comes from out of town, a friend, 
And yeah. you're going to take them. What, where? What's the... Okay, but see, everybody wants... First of all, everybody thinks just because I work with restaurants. Like, I get... And I don't mean... I get asked this question all the time. And you, you think it would be a, an easy question. It's not an easy question. It's a hard question. Uh, for me, at least, because it's like, okay, I have to put it through several filters. Like, do you mean my clients or do you mean any restaurant? At what part of town? What do you like to eat? What, what do, you, do you have kids? Yeah. yeah. Do you have kids or do you not have kids? You want date night? You want yeah, inexpensive? Yeah. You want to die? So, I mean, you know, you just like, you think it's easy, but it's not easy. But I'm kind of like that too. Yeah. If, I also gauge the other person, like knowing them and what mm. they like and that kind of stuff and I don't know. There's several places that I like. One is a client of mine. Um, and it, it's most of the people that I know like Mexican food. Um, and I really do think Hugo's is a, a great place to send people for many reasons. Um, because most people know Tex-Mex, even, you know, here. But if you're from somewhere else, but the, depending on where you're from, I'm originally from Michigan and Ohio. So we don't really have authentic regional Mexican up there. Mm-hmm. They may have a Chi-Chi's Tex-Mex, which is not really even great Tex-Mex, you know, but... I, I think that's an interesting thing for people. But the other thing is you can get seafood or you can get meat. Um, if you are a, a vegan, there are a lot of options there. And almost, I would say, 95 or or 98% of the foods on the menu there are gluten-free. Wow. So whether you need it for medical reasons or you just are, you know, right. particular, that is a great place to go. Um, and they have great margaritas. If you're a drinker, they do great mock, uh, mocktails, everything with fresh juices. They always have agua frescas. So there's just options for everybody. Have you been there? Yes. Very. I have not been there. Oh, we'll have God. to go. I want to go now. Very and I love his story. My dad was actually, uh, has a similar story. He yeah. came from Mexico and he was, he started in the kitchen and mm. then wanted to go to school and all that stuff. So it's yeah. It's well, I, I think you would enjoy it, and even a lot of magazines and um, <clears throat> have written about it. You know, obviously, but um, a lot of magazines have done stories where they'll they'll ask um, Houston chefs, "Where do you like to go?" Yeah, and if you go there, what do you like to get? But a lot of um, Houston chefs like to go to Hugo's for brunch Mm. Um, because they have a, it's a buffet, which the word buffet can turn some people off. Um, But it's a really extraordinary buffet. And especially if you're an out of towner and you're thinking, okay, I don't know what I would order here because I've never had this kind of food. This is the opportunity where you can go and you just try it and you see it and you can have a nibble. Um, And it's like, Ooh, I didn't know about mole I never had it so I didn't know if I'd like it now I tasted it and I loved it you know yeah. or I hate it but at least you didn't oh, spend $30 right. or whatever on a, on a dish yeah. that you're never going to yeah. eat yeah. but that's why I love the brunch there and you'll uh-huh. get you'll get everything from one of my favorites they have uh, poached eggs on sweet cornbread with like a Mexican style hollandaise which is delicious oh, no. but they have ceviches and they have um, be- vegan tamales and there'll be all kinds of meat dishes and then there's a huge table a uh, big round table that's just desserts. I'm going to go. <laughs> My birthday's coming up. I'm like, I'm going to go. Yeah. That's so, so, so yeah, to me, I think yeah. that's a, that's a good one. And it's in Montrose. So then you can then venture out and you yeah. can do head to the museums and stuff like that. Oh, so I if you're visiting it. from out of town, that's someplace good. No, All right, know. what's your uh, guilty pleasure? The thing I mean, that you don't. Restaurant wise or just anything wise? Yeah. Ooh. What's something that like you're eating secret or you don't tell anybody or? Mm. Well, I have been. I do like a. I'm sorry to bring up meat again. I no, do, it's okay. I yeah, do no. like a Costco hot dog. I've 
heard that. I mean, it's a dollar and that. it's delicious. When I wasn't vegan, I used to eat those. Yes. We would go to Costco when yes. I was a hot dog with the kids. <laughs> There's They're on, delicious. Uh, on KRBE, they talk about them. One of the morning show uh-huh. um, people talk about the... Okay. Hot dogs. There, there's something too, aren't they like kosher or something? I think so. I think I was eating kosher at that time, yeah. and so I was like, "Oh, they have a hot dog," and so we would go, and it's actually really good. It is good. Yeah. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. Hot dog. <laughs> She's a hot dog. I mean, girl. I really did not mention it twice. I don't even see myself as like a hot dog oh, yeah. fanatic, but I've mentioned it twice now. But that that's kind of a, a guilty pleasure thing. Um, I do, I do like pizza and I, I like very, uh, foo-foo pizza and I, it doesn't have to be, but I, I, there's nothing wrong with a cold slice of pizza, um, for breakfast. Yeah. 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 When I used to eat pizza, I would eat, (laughs) I I liked it cold too. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, it probably was because I was drinking too, though, and I had a hangover. <laughs> so so soak it up. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's probably so been funny. about that long. <laughs> you uh, work a lot. I do, and you know, I I I have a fun job. You do, and uh, I've been lucky all these years that I feel like I work with really great people, and I don't just mean. Uh, my clients. I mean, the the media that I've gotten to work with. I mean, a lot of them become great friends. You mentioned Di Wynn. Uh-huh. I mean, she and I went to University of Houston together. And mm-hmm. you'll have to ask her someday, not on a podcast, but just laugh. We were in a class together where we had to create ad layouts. And to this day, she was like, damn it. I was so mad. I mean, your your thing looked so good and mine was so terrible. And I'm like, I don't even remember that, but she remembers it, you know, clear as day, being in this classroom and just, you know, being envious. So I like to hold that over. But I um a lot of them become friends. I mean, Greg Morago is the food editor, but we work together a lot. But I just, you know, uh, journalists are kind of, they're characters. I, I I don't know. I mean, they're um they're quirky. Yeah. And, yeah, and in, in a good also, way. They're I think, very passionate yeah. and driven. You know, they have a specific thing that they want to yeah. accomplish and they go after it and they're yeah so well and I think if you are somebody who tells stories and not even if you're just um, a profile writer I mean you could be a, just a restaurant reporter but to me if you're someone who likes to tell a story you usually have some kind of an interesting story of your own right. now there has to be some you know I like climb out right, but right, there's right. some nugget of of something about you or people that you've been influenced by. Um, I, I so. think that's true. I think yeah. that All true. of the people that I know at the Chronicle, I think yeah. that's probably true. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I mean, uh, I, I, I do enjoy that. And, you know, I was very lucky. I, I Sometimes um, people push you towards something. And I think sometimes um, divine intervention happens or just, yeah, you know, something I totally found this job by chance. I mean, I, I found this career by chance. Um, I, I'm originally from Michigan. We lived there till I was about five. We moved to Ohio and we moved to Texas right before I started seventh grade. And so obviously my family knows me, but we never, we didn't live near family for most of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. after sixth grade. Um, and so, but it was one of my aunts. I mean, I really liked a lot of things. Um, I liked to write. I was not that I could do it as a living. I was a really good in physics and, and science and in school and good at math, but not that could have never been a career, but, um, but I liked a lot of things and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And I think I thought I would probably be a teacher or get like a general business degree, but it was my aunt who said, you know, you ought to do PR. And like I said earlier, I had no idea what that was. So I went and looked 
looked it up and I thought, well, that, you know, that's kind of interesting. Um, and so that's when I thought, well, I'm going to do that. I mean, like, I'm going to at least follow that. And that's why I ended up doing a, a journalism degree. I mean, communications. And then I ended up, I went the, the PR track. And I really can't picture myself doing something else. I mean, really. And I, it's kind of unheard of as, as, to only have one job. I mean, I have an uncle who just um, retired from working at General Motors for 36 years. But that's like a unicorn. Mm, to have yeah. one job, it I is. mean, it's, it's extremely rare. It you is know? very rare. And so, I don't know. I just think I got lucky with the right thing for me. If I wouldn't have found the place that I found, the small company... Maybe I wouldn't have liked it as much, but it was personal between a relationship between me and the two owners, but also with the clients, Um, you know, not putting down big agencies at all. I mean, they they are monsters and and they can do so much and whatever, but some people like the the smaller feel. So when our clients called our office, they either got the owner or, you know, right. And and there was always a, you know, um, and the same thing. It's like, you know, I if I called a restaurant, we have typically not worked with chains. Um, so it was always, I would work directly with the owner. So it's been a lot about building relationships. Mm-hmm. PR really, uh, most jobs yeah. are, but PR yes. is that. But I've been really, I've been really lucky. And, and Tessie Patterson, who hired me, um, just opened the office basically and said, take it in. I mean, you know, and I said, I want to work. You can work as much as you want or as little as you want. I mean, I wasn't being paid. And I was there every day before they were there waiting. It was like, I, I was serious. Like, I mean, I'm, when I'm telling you, I'm not going more than four years to school. I want to, you know, um, and eventually I was working. I would work there. I would drive back home and I, I was working retail to make money. And finally they just said, oh my, forget it. We're just going to pay you. We're just going to pay you whatever, <laughs> a little bit an hour. Well, actually first it was, we're going to give you a little bit of gas money. Cause I was driving from like Richmond and Buffalo Speedway to Clear Lake every day. So we're going to give you some gas money. My gosh, you're driving so far. And then it was, well, we're going to take you to lunch a couple times a week and we'll pay. And finally it was like, we're just going to pay you. Like, this is ridiculous. Cause I'd leave so I could rush to get to my next job. And, uh, but if I had a question about something, there was no hesitation. There was no fear of, Oh, I can't reveal my secrets, you know, whatever. It was just like, let me show you and, and do it. And, um, I remember, uh, one of the things that they had me doing when I first started was updating all the pre- client press kits, reading them and updating them if they needed to be updated. And that's how I learned, you know, about each client. And then I would call them and I, you know, find mm-hmm. out if there was something new. And that's how I originally learned about Hugo and his wife, Tracy, who's the one who started Backstreet. Um, and then I started, you know, like re- thinking about Hugo and he was going to school and I knew a little bit of the story. So I said to Trace, um, uh, excuse me, to Tessie, can I interview Hugo and his brother, who was the pastry chef, um, and pitch a story to the media and see if they will do a story about him. Like, I, I want to try something from the start to the finish to see mm-hmm. if I understand this job and can I do it? Sure. She, I mean, just, you do what you want. You, you know, you make the call and, and I did. And I, uh, I I pitched the story and actually um, the Houston Post uh, ran a front page feature, uh, feature section, not front page of the paper, story about Hugo and whatever. And I thought, okay, I get it. And if she wouldn't have been so open to just like, sure, you want to do it, kid? You know? Right. Yeah. You know, but every, I mean, I was really supported and um, they were, you know, they were wonderful about it. So 
Awesome. I don't know. That's just awesome. kind of worked. Is there a holy grail? A holy grail for me? The, yeah. The, oh my gosh. The client or. <sighs> Have you ever thought no. about it? If I could just get that one. No, not really, because I think I have really extraordinary clients, and um, the Hugo Tracy and Hugo story. I think for a lot of people that would be their holy grail, and it's like, it's kind of been there, and mm-hmm. and I and I got to, I've been able to tell that story, uh-huh. and and it's and like still I don't know, tell it. Yeah. and I have people that call me and say I you know I'm opening a restaurant and. I've always seen all this press about Tracy and Hugo, and and I said, you know, so that's why I'm calling you. So for me, that kind of is, in a way, that. And Mm -hmm. same thing happens a lot of times with the Houston Food Bank. People say, I read, I see the Houston Food Bank everywhere, Mm -hmm. and I want you to help me out. I mean, what you do for them is what I, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I have a holy grail. That's a pretty. That's a pretty um, cool client, though. The food yeah. bank. I yeah. love. The, Me too. Have you ever been over there? Yeah, we volunteer over there. Yeah, thank go you. Go there, tour yeah. that place. It's like incredible. It's um, you know, uh, the Houston Food Bank is a magical place to when to be and see what's going on, mm-hmm. because there's volunteers in this area mm-hmm. and there's the loading dock yeah, where the right, agency's right. coming and there's people in this area cooking that's taking kids for after school meals or for seniors and mm-hmm. you may have a celebrity in this other volunteer area that's doing something. I mean, there's it's just you know a it lot is. of cogs in a wheel going around, but you often. Uh, you can see that on a daily basis, but it's really extraordinary to see all of that happen in a time of disaster. Um, and it just makes the demand more, the need more, and the output more. And it's just, um, Houston is so wonderful to the Houston Food Bank. Um, you know, they rely on volunteers. If they did not have volunteers, the mission could not be done mm-hmm. uh, fully because they have volunteers that, that uh, the number may have changed, but the volunteer hours that they get in a week or in a month, it would be equivalent to, uh, at one point it was like a certain number, like, let me say a hundred full-time employees. Wow. Like they could never pay right, right, for that right. kind of stuff. Right. So generosity is, I mean, it keeps that, and that building was going so evident yes. this past few weeks i mean oh we God. still have in fact as i tell you we have uh there's big boxes at the chronicle yeah. full of food that they can have because everybody yes. when you started running that and then there was the stories whatever you did you did a really good job because Thank that you. was everywhere <laughs> it yeah, was and everywhere it was me, but it was other people too but you know we did a study recently uh the food bank did a um a, a study and the results came back that um, the Houston public, the, the people that took this survey, let's study a survey, um, the food bank is the most trusted nonprofit wow. name in Houston. Yeah. Um, their name recognition is like, I mean, I forget it, I don't have it in front of me, but it was literally like Salvation Army or United Way and then, and the, then food the food bank. bank. And that's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's because of a lot of hard work. I'm not, I'm not going to say, and right. not just by me, by people and by, you know, they serve, they have 15 member agencies that are soup kitchens, church pantries, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, those are the, the, the workers on the ground that are, you know, face to face interfacing with the people who actually need the food. Right. Um, so there's a lot of people telling the story, but the thing about hunger is it's, it's tricky because, 
your neighbor could be hungry and you don't know. People think a food bank serves homeless people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and people with no job. Uh, Most most (coughs) people that the food bank serve have one working adult in their home and they just can't make ends meet. Or they're a senior citizen who can't afford uh, their medication. And and so, yeah, and so what am I going to do? I'm going to take my heart medication and I and I'm not going to eat um so being able to work for an organization that does that and touches people I get teary because my job is funny I work with restaurants food 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 and I work with people that have no food and it's what a dichotomy ah, yeah and I you know I got that the job with the food bank because of another PR person um, Shirley Barr. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know yeah, her. I do know uh, she was serving on the board of the food bank at the time. And she said, we've, they've decided as a board that we should hire a PR firm. And I don't feel right doing it as a board member. I think it should be somebody outside the organization. And I knew of her because she's been around for a long time. Another one of these names yeah, is kind of yeah. a stalwart. Yes. Um, but she's, she and I had worked together on an event for the Nature Conservancy of Texas. I was volunteering uh, on the PR committee for an event. And she remembered my name and working together. And so she put me up for that. And that was 18 years ago or whatever whatever. Uh, but I always thought it was kind of funny. It's like, you know, people like work with the food bank. I mean, you work with some of the best restaurants in town and you're working with the food bank. And it's like, I'm proud to work with the food bank. Yeah. And I've been able to bring in in certain ways and they do. And they do come that. Yes. And so to be able to do that, um, you know, and, and clients will have causes that are important to them, which I may not have been able to know about before or not even thought to seek out. Right. And then it becomes something that's important to me. And it's the same thing. Sometimes they see what I do and I, I'm not forceful about it. You know, sometimes when I want to be, I can be, but I don't cram it down their throat, but they see I'm passionate about it and then they'll not just do the normal say, Hey, we're going to send a group of people over there to volunteer. Can you just tell us how to do it or whatever? So it's nice. They buy into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, the food bank is a, is a wonderful, it's a wonderful place, Well, you do place, have a lovely, a lovely job, and you do a oh, service yeah. for our community. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I appreciate the, you saying that, because I don't think that. Yeah. But, no, but, you do. I mean, all you have to do, like I said, you know, I see you everywhere. And, you know, I think the food bank story is a huge indication yeah. of that. You know, they lost all that food because mm-hmm. of... The um yeah they had the ammonia water leak. leak or yeah, yeah the, the ammonia leak they yes. had a, a malfunction of they have an ammonia cooling system and the fan that runs the system broke hit the fan blade hit a wire and caused an ammonia leak um, so everything that was in their refrigerator area um, was damaged by ammonia which yeah. obviously cannot be distributed and there was about 1.8 million uh, pounds of produce in there at the time yeah. so when that cooler area whatever's in that cooler area um, it takes about three days for all of that to go out to for distribution so that's why there was so much in there at a time it wasn't just right, on right, hold. Right, right, right. it was in the process <coughs> of being cycled and you know agencies go on and say I need this much of right, this this yeah. and that so um, that was a huge yeah, uh, yeah. loss and yeah. devastating um, and the holidays and summer are a time of increased need because people who need food assistance um, usually have kids school. and they get it at school. Right. So it's like, oh gosh, here we're going into our one of our biggest times of need and we've just lost this product. And, you know, we didn't report it right away. I mean, we, we were not hiding it, but like it happened and we were waiting to assess exactly 
how much was lost and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And actually, I think it was an agency put something on that Nextdoor app that mentioned it. And that is eventually how someone at the Houston Chronicle heard about it and contacted us. So we were ready with some of the information, again, in getting ready to announce what had, you know, what had happened. But it just kind of happened sooner than we, yeah. than we yeah. planned. But to see the response from companies, from the general, I mean, from the general public, I mean, the Chronicle story came out, it went online, and then it went in print the next morning. But it went online, and I mean, within a few hours, um, and so, you know, that's just one outlet that had put it up there. They were had already gotten like, you know, $5,000, I mean, within an hour wow. of people, just, I'm talking about $10 yeah. here, and it's hard. I mean, holidays are coming, people don't have a lot of money to give, but they were giving. I freaking giving. love Houston. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome? It is. I love my no, Houston. Last week, we talked to uh, Joy yeah. Sewing, and yeah. she talked about, she's doing her um, skating, her oh, yeah, um, yeah. skating thing is Monday. And um, so we were talking about yeah. that and how people just show up. So Houston, I'm not originally from Houston. I, I'm one of those people like I'm I got here either, as fast as I, I could yeah. kind of thing. Uh, they re- Houston roots for an underdog. They love an they underdog do. story because yeah. I think Houston has been an underdog. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I mean, honestly, I mean, first of all, one thing going back to my story of my work, and you talk about how it's different now with social media. My God. To promote Houston and Houston restaurants, especially like when I was doing it early, like in the mid, late 90s and the 2000s, it was hard. People, it was almost like people didn't believe you that you could come to Houston and have a really good right. meal. Yeah. They knew Dallas, and I still to this day blame that stupid TV show Dallas yeah. for making everybody know what it was, but it, Houston was a hard sell. And so I just think Houston is kind of, whether it was consciously or subconsciously, been like, we're just going to take care of ourselves. You know, um, I mean, like you see how Katrina went down in yes. New Orleans and all that. That didn't happen during Harvey. It's like, we got to clean this stuff up. We got to help people. Yeah. We got to mobilize. And then y'all figure out what you're going to do later. It, it's um, it's an amazing place to watch when the chips are down. But you can see that like in a very condensed way most days at the food yeah. bank. You know, yeah. but uh, Houston is uh, such a generous place. I mean, I it honestly, is. Yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Well, so I'm glad I'm here. We so appreciate oh you sharing everything thank that you've you. done and everything oh, well, that you've done. Well, thank you. I can't even believe you asked me, but hey. We hope you come back. <laughs> thank you. If you want to know more from the Meadow Report, you can email us at themeadowreport at gmail.com. Thanks. Okay, until next time, if you guys have any questions, please email us at themeadowreport at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook and Instagram at The Meadow Report. It's always helpful to like and share and subscribe um, and leave us a review.